wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the T- Toronto FC fan show. And after a heavy, low-vibes show last week where (laughs) I went off on a rant, everybody else went off on rants, let's not rant this week, eh? Let's just try to to think some positive thoughts, even though this was another week from hell for Toronto FC. (laughs) Uh, On this week's show, we're going to recap the losses against Orlando and St. Louis. Uh, We're going to reopen the Michael Singh notebook, talk a little bit about transfers as it is transfer season now. The transfer window is open. Uh, We have a new incoming player, uh, Franco Obara, who may not want to be here at all anyway, but he has been sent here by gunpoint by Atlanta. Um, And we have a special guest joining us uh, today, Eric Giacometti, the now former social media manager for Toronto FC, uh, will be joining us to talk about his favorite memories at the club uh, as we try to remember some good times at Toronto FC, because remember, we did have good times at this club. Mm -hmm. And of course, we will get to the burning question this week presented by Nextdoor. So a lot to get into before we do just a friendly reminder. Obviously, if you're watching this right now, you have found it. Um, But Mm -hmm. please let your friends know we do have a new YouTube channel. uh, So please like this video, subscribe uh, to the channel and then hit that uh, notification bell so you don't miss any of our shows. It is at YouTube.com slash at TTID podcast. Okay, Um, so let's dig into it. Uh, Michael Singh. Jeffrey P. Nesker, as always. Gents, how you doing? I know we wanted to bring back Food Corner. I actually have a really good Food Corner um, seg- a little piece to bring up. But first of all, how were, you, how were your weekends? I just want Food Corner now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think I'm excited about Food Corner. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, George. Uh, it was lovely celebrating happy your birthday, birthday George. However, however, the one time this season that I'm not in Section 116 – Justin Morrow comes there with every all for one camera and gets like <laughs> hugs from every supporter. I am, I am absolutely snake bitten this year. It's craziness. I, that looked like fun, Mikey. Uh, what did he say? Did he pinch your nipple when he went into the hug? Or a he, a little did... bit. He kind of, he kind of <laughs> got in there. I was a little surprised. Because uh, it looked like he gave you like a proper, a proper. He gave little, you a little uh, purple uh, there. Not j- gonna lie. Yeah, a little um, purple nurple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did he make fun of your he, shirt? Or did he, not mean or did it. He, yeah, what did he whisper in your ear? Like your fits are are insane. Way to go, buddy! It's not the Onyx kit. Yeah, no. Uh, so for those mm. who don't know, uh, Justin Morrow, beloved left back, former left back for Toronto FC, he's been working with the club for a couple of years. He is moving um, out of the country. Not a negative thing. Nothing negative is going on there. It's just a, a move uh, for the family. Uh, so this was his last uh, game with the club. Uh, so obviously, you know, um, Annie brilliant at wit online, if you don't know, um, did her banner magic again, cause that's what she does. Um, and put yep. together an amazing uh, little thing that he's taken with him. Um, and then of course he came over to say hello and, and stuff like that. So it was good to see him, um, before he left, um, he's leaving like this week. So, um, Damn. we'll keep in touch, but yeah, no, he kind of caught me there. I was like, Oh, whoa, whoa, what the, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we had a little laugh over that. So it was good. Yeah, that's what I was hinting at. Uh, one of the things I was hinting at last week, actually, when I said uh, that it would just be the beginning of some of the departures that we're going to hear from 
TFC. So another one today joining us, Eric. I'm I'm super excited about that because obviously he's had such a big role from from our perspectives and from you know the fans' perspective of just building that community and and keeping that relationship between TFC and its fans uh, still alive in in some mm-hmm. capacity. So yeah, it's, it does feel like a little bit in some way end of an era here here for the club and. Uh, I guess we'll see where they go from there and how they kind of fill some of these voids now. Yeah, yep, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so really quickly, food corner. So I went uh, to York Alliance Stadium yesterday uh, for Jeff C taking on York United FC in the Canadian Premier League. Um, four, Hell of a game. Four, nil. Uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I was in the away section. It was amazing. However, uh, one thing I will give um, York United, uh, they've got the Empanada King uh, food truck down there, or not even food truck, it's just like a, a tent that those guys set up. Mm-hmm. The Empanadas, fantastic. Absolutely yeah, fantastic. A good, like it was, a it good was empanada. Amazing. Yeah, like they no longer mm-hmm. have Charmin's proper there. It's no longer at the stadium. Oh, really? I didn't know. Well, that. it wasn't at the stadium yesterday. So I don't know hmm. if it's like permanent it's or they just had a game off. It's not. No, it's not. Uh, okay. Um, so, I mean, yeah, to me, empanadas, like all any, I mean, obviously you still got to eat it a certain way, but like Cornish pasties, empanadas, give me food in its own box and I can carefully avoid wearing the rest of it. And I, I'm a happy person. Yeah. 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 Also the salsa, fantastic. Right amount of spice too. When it actually says spicy, it actually is spicy, which is like, oh, yeah. that's, Mexican that's how you gotta go. That's how you gotta go. So that Dude, was if, it, if it's spicy for you, it will destroy me, especially in the kind of weather that we, that we had oh, yesterday. It was fantastic. Um, just, just a word on York United, like the, that environment is, is legit. It's legit. I don't understand how they haven't been able to get people in those games. You know, uh, it could be as simple as, uh, cheaper beers or cheaper grub but like you have a captive audience there of you know twenty five thousand strong students and having gone to york myself i can tell you that that experience is preferable to sitting in a basement pub you know at, at bethune college and, and and feeling weird about it so it is it is a bit of a mystery to me why why they're having so much problems getting getting butts in seats there that is another podcast for another day, man. Mm-hmm. Do a whole podcast mm-hmm. on that. By the way, oh, I yeah. sat in those oh, basement yeah. pubs in Bethune um, at mm-hmm. my time at York. Great time, great time. Almost. Oh like yeah, I mean, booze time. makes everything better. But I'm just saying, like, it, at a certain point, you do perpetually remind yourself that you are, in fact, sitting in a basement in some industrial warehouse, and you know, you could in be, North you York. could be somewhere else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, guys. Uh, look, we'll, we'll get into it. Obviously, listen, um, I said what I said last week. A lot of people said what they said um, over the week. I think a lot of frustration sort of came out, and I think it's good to get that out and have that perspective. Yep. Um, thank you to everybody who kind of said some kind words um, in terms of what I've said. Also, those who did not agree with me as well, which is completely Agreed. fine. Like, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of a lot of a lot of feelings. Everybody's feeling their feelings right now. Toronto FC and look, the 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 losses this week did not help. For was it four nil at Orlando and one uh, nil against St. Louis on Saturday night. Um, gents, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts quickly on both games. And we don't really have to go into the gory details uh, of both games, but just in terms of you know, this is now three matches for Terry Dunfield, no goals. Um, and and a, and a couple conceded, and you know one really ugly, ugly loss um, mm-hmm. Tuesday night in Orlando. Um, but wanted to get your thoughts on sort of the week 
in terms of just on the field, how things looked. Uh, Mike, if you want to start, and then Jeff, I'll come to you. I, I completely forgot the four nothing loss was. Yeah, sorry, I had to bring it up. It, <laughs> it, it feels like it was. It's been so long. Um, I just <laughs> just quickly on that that four nothing loss. That that was kind of the nail in the coffin, I think, for a lot of people. Um, not necessarily for Terry Dunfield's era, but like just this club in general. And I'm not even just talking about this year. It just feels like if they needed another reason for people to kind of recognize and, and fans kind of recognize that this really is rock bottom for Toronto FC. I, I really feel like that Orlando City game was another reminder. Just stuff that could go wrong in that game ended up going wrong in that game. And of course capped off with a Federico Bernadeschi red card, which, you know, we can debate whether or not it was actually a red or not. It probably wasn't, but still not the position he want to put himself in. And I think Federico came out, he acknowledged that afterwards, but at that point of the match where you see the direction that things are heading, see the amount of kids that are coming on for him to take a red card there. That was, or just put himself in a position to take a red card. At least that was completely unacceptable. Um, so again, just another, another nail in, in the coffin. Um, and then, you know what, this Saturday having caught most of the game, like I, I like their performance at times. They were going up against a really good St. Louis city team. We know all about the injury issues with, with with this TFC team. We know all about the missing players. And for them to actually go out there and really dominate possession, dominate play, at least through that first half, I mean, it really felt like the, the players grinded and battled and, and came out with a little bit of resilience um, in a way that we haven't seen in, in a little bit from this group. So... I know the end result was unfortunate. It was just one defensive gaffe. I know Jaquil wants that play back where he kind of lets the ball drop over his head. But yep. I think the sentiment around the fans who who were at that game and who watched that game, I think the sentiment was they enjoyed watching that version of Toronto FC more than, than what we've seen in the past couple of weeks. And I'd love to get, Jeff, your thoughts on that too, if, if you agree with that sentiment. Well, I mean, the lead that's been carefully buried is that we were missing our two fancy schmancy DP wingers on the day. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to agree or disagree because you know my opinion on our two fancy schmancy DP wingers. But it was nice to see people saying, wow, they looked better out there without the DPs. I'm not prepared to say yes or no. Um, hey, guys, how's that new coach bump that everybody was expecting? <laughs> yeah, it's not here. It's, it's not um, coming. And, and then the only other thing I want to say is, like, I don't believe flounce posts. If somebody is taking that much energy on whatever social media or, or device that they're using to write out all the reasons why they're walking away from TFC forever and canceling their season tickets and going to, you know, light all their old jerseys on fire, I've already stopped paying attention because nine times out of ten, that's just a cry for attention. It's not it's not rooted in anything in reality. So yeah, naturally we're going to get a bunch of people saying 
uh, you know, wearing their Celtic jerseys on on TFC fan TV, talking about how shit the club is. But I don't I don't really pay it as much attention as as as. I just I just don't care about it anymore. If if I'm being honest, um, yeah. Look, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. This club is just finding new and different ways to disappoint and frustrate and make us all insane. And and was was I'm, Saturday's mm-hmm. performance disappointing, frustrating, all of those things for you? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because I still live in a world where it was a loss at home to a team that are, despite the fact that they're breaking records and expansion club in this league. Um, their you know, first place in the West. And, first yeah, place their first West. place in the West. They're also missing their two biggest attacking pieces. You know, So at the end of the day, um, I've, we've now lived through... We've now lived through moral victories with the Canadian men's national team, moral victories with TFC. My patience for celebrating so-called moral victories has never been lower. You know, I, far be it for me to get into a mic rant and, and be called a plastic fan by people who have no, no, no bearing on, on the subject. But, but um, yeah, I just, it, it, it is what it is, man. Like, like I have, I have given up all hope on this season. Uh, I just want to see, uh, the moves that need to be made at the top happen with as little pain as possible, what I feel is inevitable. And if you want me to spell it out in sharp relief, it's Bill Manning stepping down as the president of this organization. I hate to be so absolute, but I don't think there's any other uh, rec- reasonable conclusion. And I'd like to see the team save some of its Tam Gam and thank you, ma'am, because we're always out of it when we need it, but we seem to have a war chest of it when we don't. I, whoever's coming in next to so and so forth fix the club, I want them to have the biggest war chest we could possibly give them. Um, yeah. So, you know, did they look better? Absolutely. Were they still making rookie mistakes? Absolutely. Um, you know, was there still not a lot of cohesiveness anywhere? Absolutely. Are they playing tactics that are repeatable? I don't think so because Terry's seat is a musical chair. So I, I don't know how much more positive I can take out of it you know, and apply it moving forward to what this team hopes to become or where they hope to go. Yeah, I think I think Saturday was encouraging, at least in the first half. Um, I thought Jaquiel was great. I, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. he he pro- provided a lot of spark and impetus as a, as a winger. Um, and then from just an overall perspective, I thought they were, they were pretty good in trying to be a little bit more progressive in the way that they played. However, you know, the thing that has plagued this team is they come out in the second half and they kind of, you know, kind of get dominated in the second half. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of that kind of happens again, right? Where St. Louis sort of up the pressure a little bit. And yes, Jaquiel definitely is going to want that back, right? Like that was a ball mm-hmm. you probably just attack and try to control and not let ru- ru- sort of run across your body and didn't really understand his space in terms of who was there around him. Um, and that's how the ball gets picked off. But I think overall, I think there's some encouraging signs there. I'm not saying encouraging in the sense that they're going to turn this around, right? Like, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Jeff. I think for the most part, you know, you're going to need a miracle um, in terms yep. of the season and, and when you're talking playoffs or something like that. But mm-hmm. right now, I think you're kind of in evaluation mode in terms of players you've got and figuring out what if they have any value towards the future um, a little bit. Um, they're going to continue to roll out the, we're, we're still going for the playoffs. We're still going to try and, you know, let's get into sort of the transfer talk a bit and, and sort of this loan for Franco Ibarra from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
Um, before before we do, just two things. Mike, did I answer your question, Mikey Singh? Or did I just sort of dance around the answer that you were looking for? No, I, th- I think you answered it. Okay. And number two, we know how to play soccer, right? Because the one thing that I noticed on Saturday was just how awful everybody's first touch was. Like, to a man. There were, there were long balls that were just going off feet into the stands, into touch. Errant passes were everywhere. I mean... Are, can we call this a Bob Bradley hangover anymore? Like, did he really mess up our squad so badly with his adherence to principles of play that now they've forgotten how to take a, a lobbed pass? Because that I found alarming. Anybody want to tackle that, or am I speaking up my asshole? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I agree with that per se. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I, I think this is something that's been happening during the season when Bob Bradley was here. Um, So, you know, from that perspective, look, I I think that you just realize what kind of quality you have on the team outside of your DPs, right? Like it's, it, that just speaks to that. Right. And, and sort of, again, looping this back sort of towards transfers and what do we do with this team now and how do we get them sort of into, into some kind of form, you know, the transfer window is open. We've just made a move. We've brought in Franco Barro from, Atlanta United on a loan. So it's a six month loan. There is no option to buy. There is very unlikely going to be some kind of agreement between Atlanta and PFC <laughs> for any kind of permanent deal. I think a lot of you who are watching this show read the athletic piece, I think from Philippe Cardenas. Um, it is. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Who basically who, who covers Atlanta United quite extensively and basically laid out that Franco Barra did not want to leave Atlanta at all, which you can kind of understand. But I think also it's not just that he's leaving. I think it's that he is leaving for a club he does not want to go to. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can have a whole segment in another podcast on MLS moves and how they work and are they fair to players in their situations. You can definitely have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, TFC made the move to take the loan. Atlanta was forced into it um, because they have Thank too you. many U22 signings because they've mismanaged. They, that's another team that has mismanaged yeah. their roster. As Horrific well. roster management. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question for you guys is, you know, just starting on a borrow and then maybe going into sort of transfers. I, I know there aren't really like a, a ton of deep rumors right now for TFC because budgets are what they are at the mm-hmm. moment. But how do we feel about this move? Um, you know, I've watched a little bit of Atlanta United outside of playing TFC. Look like the guy is solid. I won't call him spectacular, um, but he is a holding midfielder. Um, something that we've kind of been crying out for a little bit, um, you know. So how do you think he fits in the TFC? And how do you think this sort of six month engagement goes? Um because he hasn't started it off on the most ringing endorsement, uh, at least uh, from the start. I guess the first thing that came to mind for me, like, is that a, is that a position that we need this summer? Because it's a six-month loan. We have, honestly, we have a pretty good amount of midfielders when they're all available. And it seems like they're all on track to start becoming available again. Obviously, we start with Jonathan Osorio returning from the Gold Cup this Saturday. Lonzo mm-hmm. Coelho is back healthy. He's back getting minutes. Mark Anthony K has, has been consistently available essentially the entire season. Brandon Cervania, same thing, essentially the entire season. You have guys like Kosi and you have guys like DeAndre who can also 
play in that midfield. And then Michael Bradley is supposed to be um, alive up <laughs> and, and supposed to be on the verge of, of returning got some in, questions around that, but yeah, in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, so do I now, because the last time that we got a real update on, on Michael was, I, I think the, maybe the second last time Bob Bradley spoke and he said that Michael was going for a, um, it was around the six week mark. You said Michael was going for essentially a consultation just to see how things were progressing. And that, that would be an important consultation because after that, Michael would be able to return back onto the field and he would start being able to ramp up his uh, workload in, essentially in order to strengthen the muscle and uh, and get back to playing. So it would be like six weeks of a projected like 10-week recovery at that point. I think we're about eight weeks in now. So he should either be really close or maybe something else happened. Uh, whether it be injury related or maybe even not injury related, I quit related. Yeah, um, and yeah, of course, our midfield's weak. No one's saying it's not like incredibly weak right now. But is it the most important position on the field for us to go out? That's and what I'm. That's what I'm. One hundred. I don't. I don't think it is. Like when when you're healthy, you have Mark Anthony K. You have Brandon Cervania. You have Michael Bradley. You have Lonzo Coelho all available. Victor Vasquez is ramping up, and he's gonna potentially be, Ugh. you know, available. Stop somewhere. it. He was on he was on the field two weeks ago, and he was he was doing some individual work. So, mm-hmm. look, like I question whether a maybe some of the injuries aren't progressing the way they were, or b if signing Ibarra is more so an audition to see what type of midfielder this team needs next. Oh, I hate it. Um, So maybe they're, maybe they're looking at this as a baby, basically a, what, what's left, like a four month audition in terms of not necessarily Ibarra, but in terms of a holding midfielder, who's a great tackler, great ball distributor, um, a guy who can kind of fill that gap in a way we haven't really seen out of someone in Toronto FC. No one, no one at TFC has Ibarra's profile, correct? Like he's a yeah. different type of holding midfielder than yeah, for sure TFC have had. Michael Bradley, so, I guess, would be kind of the closest thing to yeah. yeah. The other thing about this deal, what it does essentially lock in, unless the team is going to miraculously find a way to move Iowa Canola, which they're not. The one thing that it locks in is that they're not going to sign that third DP this summer. Yeah, they can't. Right? They can't. If they have two U22 players, you can't go out and you can't sign a third DP. So just to kind of to move along from Ibarra, what I'm hearing is that's the route I think TFC want to take moving forward long term. I think they want to go the two DP route and then three under-22 initiative signing routes. And I think that is the best way to actually build out a roster. Agreed. Um, in, Agreed. in modern day MLS, you see some of the other teams around the league, that's the best way that they're kind of taking advantage of this new, quote-unquote, new salary cap era. So I guess we'll just see how exactly he fits in and what sort of playing time he's going to get on this team because it's pretty interesting. It is interesting. And, and look, I, I think that, 
look, the conspiracy theories abound in terms of, you know, what is happening with Michael Bradley? Will he actually play again for TFC? Is this a move to kind of cover that? The other the other thing you have to consider is that there are some new judges of talent um, in decision-making positions, right? Like, obviously, Jason Hernandez was the assistant GM, so obviously had a hand in bringing, um, bringing some of those players in. But also, you know, from a... Uh, from a talent perspective, like Terry's going to have a little bit of a say here as, as the interim manager. So maybe the way that Bob looked at certain midfielders may be different from the way Jason looks at them. He may look at them and say, ah, you know what, actually that guy doesn't actually fit. Well, you know, the position that we've been trying to play them in this season, maybe we do need another holding midfielder because I think this player is better here, or maybe it's a situation where they just don't think that player fits what they're looking to do long-term. Right. Either or maybe way. they're trying to they're trying to play a double pivot now, yeah. right? And try and and try and go two sixes on the pitch, and maybe that's the best way forward. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. they're seeing. I just, uh, I I think, aside from us trying to reason and assess, trying to you know think about this logically, it doesn't really make the most sense right it does zero zero percent i mean but i also think it's going to be hard for them right now to bring in the striker that everybody wants right like if if the budgets are what the budgets are you know and and obviously they can't bring in a a dp now they weren't going to bring a dp even if they had kept the spot like i don't think it was going to happen anyway um and i think it is important for us also to acknowledge like the salary cap hit that comes with signing a u22 initiative player Obviously, that's two hundred thousand on the cap, no matter what he's making. So, for a team that like like we've talked about all year doesn't have much cap space, then it makes sense to go out and get a cheap option for essentially nothing, just because Atlanta messed up on their U twenty two initiative signing. So, it's I guess in a way you can look at it as as a free addition for the last six months, even if it isn't at the position I think most people think we need to shore up. Yeah, and and look. I'm sure we we said we're opening up the Michael Sig notebook, so everybody's expecting rumored bombs dropping here, there, everywhere. Look, guys, I don't know about you, Mike. I don't think there's a lot out there right now in sort of the speculation world. Um, you know, unless you can you can shed some light on that. But I, I I like I just don't I don't even know where you could even begin for moves with this club outside of maybe interleague trades or things like that, right? Like the cap is such a way, and the and the budget is such a way that I just you know, they're going to have to get creative if they're making some moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the things I spoke about already last week is is the Richie Larea situation, and we'll yeah. see exactly how it ultimately unfolds. It's, it's trending in a way where who knows what the, the final result is going to be, but the longer that it goes on, obviously you have to assume that Richie's going to weigh different options than maybe we would have thought. And I, I do believe that if... Richie doesn't come back. It does free up some salary cap space for this team. And then for them to go out and address, I think the one need that we all know that needs to be addressed. I think that's the the obvious answer. But is that interleague? Like realistically in terms of what would be available and what moves, is that a striker from within MLS or can they go? God, how many failed MLS strikers are we going to have on our roster? How many like (laughs) 33-year-old dead weights are we going to have on this roster? I mean, don't we have enough? It's like half of our players. Or pylons so, in the number nine position. 
The one thing we have to acknowledge is that they also don't have any international roster slots available. It doesn't cost a lot to go out and get one for the second half of the season, maybe 100000 allocation money, but again, allocation money isn't exactly Yeah, we there. spent that on Ibera. We spent our 50 on, <laughs> on, on on Mr. Awesome. I don't understand it. I think it's maybe the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And the 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 cognitive dissonance that I've in, experienced on the internet today of people trying to convince me, you know, not, it, it, don't, don't, this isn't crazy. It's the best move ever. The fact that they're auditioning a spot with a player that doesn't want to be here suggests that they don't understand that there you all defensive midfielders aren't created equal. Say we really like what he brings. Well, then we're in a position where we now have to find a guy that has the exact same skill set as Ibera that isn't Ibera. It's so ca- it's ca- it's tragically hey, stupid. What about, it's so what about stupid. I can't. It's so unbelievably dumb that I feel stupider as a consequence of listening to it. Like I cannot parse out how this makes sense. It's another bit of shiny, shiny, you know, (laughs) somebody said, well, you know, MLS is going to look kindly on TFC for helping Atlanta out. Who the hell cares? This, who the hell cares? This league will bend over backward for enter Miami to sign everybody from Barcelona 2006. It doesn't matter. We don't need brownie points with MLS. you know what we need with MLS to get what we want? Money, the money that we just spent on this job, on this joker that that's coming in for 12 weeks. The, I, the emperor has no clothes, man. They really do. The emperor has no clothes. I cannot condone this move. It sucks. It sucks in a way that so profoundly sucks that all of the moves that precede it look good by comparison. Uh, and I'm done. I'm done. Let's bring Aaron. You know what's going to happen now? Frank, he's going to Franco Bar is going to be his best player. favorite player. He's going to be, he's gonna be just he by, you know by, what? by like the end you know of what? September. I, you are going to love You boys him. know that as much as I love ranting, I love eating humble pie. Bring it. Bring it. I challenge this kid to do it. Look, here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Before we bring Eric on, because he is in the room, so we'll bring him on in a moment. But, like, Mm. the thing is, he is coming from Atlanta. He's a little upset, right? And, I and look, I like I said off the top, I get it, right? You were were in a place. You bought a home. Your family's settled there, you know, and then they spring this on you. And, like, it's it's different when you get traded and you know you're going to get traded, right? When the clubs say to you, look, we're looking for a solution to you moving – are you okay with this? Yes. Okay. You mentally prepare for that. It, you know, he basically got told one day to not come to training. Like he's getting ready to yeah. go to training. No idea this is happening. And then they say, don't come to training. And when he does come to train, they lock the doors and they tell him he can't. Yeah. They tell him you're a TFC player. Home. So like, yeah, yeah, I'd be a little upset too. Now the thing is, look, he comes in. Maybe he comes with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove to Atlanta, comes out, balls out for a couple of weeks, and he goes back to Atlanta, and either they sell him or whatever. Let's see. Uh, I, I will give him I will give him a shot, right? Because, like, okay. frankly, we just need quality, even if it's not necessarily in the position that uh, we most desperately need. Jeff, go ahead, and then we'll bring in Eric. 100%. I want to be clear. I don't fault him for making those comments. I maybe fault The Athletic for publishing those comments, because they're a little well, bit well, he clicky. he knew they were going public. He he, you know, he did you know that what I mean. For and and, and that's what I fault him for. Them. That's that's what that's what I fault him for. Like, you know, it it may be a problem with how we recruit players that this happens all the time. 
You know, well, I didn't understand this about North American sports. Well, you are signing a deal for like most of your life, morning, noon and night for how many other years. Maybe instead of looking for the Instagram post, read the contract you're about to sign. Like it, it does it does get it does myth me a little bit that that's an excuse still when this league is now multiple decades old. I didn't think it was going to work that way. Well, do your due diligence. I mean, at the end of the day, here's the world's smallest violin singing you a concerto about how oppressed you are because that's how sports work in this country, that you signed a deal in good faith on. So I don't really have a lot of time for this. I understand he's 21 years old, et cetera, et cetera. Wrong place, wrong time, trusting the wrong people. But at the end of the day, you do have to be accountable, you know, for your own BS. And and I, you know, I, I think there's just as much chance of him hitting here as there is in him joining the secret We Hate Everything TFC club with our two DPs and just vaping away the rest of the season. So we'll see what happens. But I, right. I hope I'm wrong, man. All right. Let's put All a pin right. in this because it, it sort of comes back up in the burning question. So we'll, we'll get back to some transfer stuff. Um, and, and the impending loan, well, not impending now official loan of Franco Ibarra, but let's bring in a friend of the show. Um, somebody we really like, and we just want to give him his flowers, um, before, oh, so he, badly. before he takes off on us. Uh, let's welcome in Eric Giacometti, former social media manager, uh, at Toronto FC. Uh, we're just going to bring him in in a second here. Uh, there he is. There's the man himself. It, Eric, how you doing, buddy? Is it buddy? dusty in here? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to the Vibes FC podcast. Holy hey, moly. You guys are bringing you know, good vibes, we're eh? Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We're, we're, well, yeah, we got right. it out of the way And early. failing. Yeah. yeah. We got yeah. it out of the way early. Yeah. You know, like at a certain point, you just got to, you, you're going to have to um, at some point. We just realized and then, and then let's, let's bring in some, some vibes here um, and bring a good time to look like the reason Eric, we wanted to invite you on the show um is look you you deserve your flowers um from from us from the fan base i think um even though people gave you stick about the lineup thing uh but like <laughs> in the end of the day like i think just and mike kind of touched on it at the beginning of the show when, when we said you were going to be on is this idea that you've done a really great job of keeping fans connected to the club through social media and the work that you've done um, so like, we have some questions for you just in terms of the role and what does that really mean, um, in terms of how you, how you keep, keep fans like us connected to the club. But the biggest thing I, I really wanted to ask you is just, obviously you came from New York Red Bulls. People didn't know you were with the Red Bulls before, um, TFC. What were your like first impressions of, of Toronto when this sort of opportunity came up? Um, cause you were coming in just as, you know, the wave was happening or just about as the wave was going to sort of crest. Um, so, so what were your, what were your thoughts originally? Yeah. For, I mean, I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but just first off the top, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And I, I really appreciate the kind words. I was, you know, I was overwhelmed at BMO, uh, on Saturday that a lot of people stopped me to say hello and, and, and thank me. It was, uh, <clears throat> kind of, uh, made me feel a little sheepish. Like I'm, I'm just the guy behind the keys and there's, there's a lot of people that, that do a lot of great work behind the scenes to, uh, to kind of put together the content that you guys see on a day-to-day -day basis. But um, no, it's, it's, it's been an honor to be a part of that community. So, and, and what you guys do as well to kind of foster this community and, and bring people together to stay informed, I think is, is tremendous. So, uh, so thank you for having me on. Um, but yeah, in terms of Toronto, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Cause I had, uh, you know, I was doing long distance with my, my now wife for, uh, for a couple of years coming back and forth between New York and Toronto. So, uh, ironically enough, my first ever game at BMO was the game there. Seba K 
came off the bench at, uh, at halftime and he just played in a, in a qualifier for Italy. Oh, my God. Finished, finished uh, <laughs> the playoffs for the first time the same day as the Joey Bat flip. Uh, so, like, crazy time in Toronto sports. Um, and I just remember saying, like, if I could get to BMO, if, like, if this could be an everyday thing for me, like, wouldn't that be incredible? There's such, such a pie-in-the-sky kind of ideas. Someone from New York, I had no way of getting here. And lo and behold, it all kind of worked out. But um, no, I, I just remember being so impressed by the atmosphere and how people – People really cared about TFC. Uh, it was just kind of, you mentioned that, Mike, just kind of hitting that fever pitch. You know, the first time in the playoffs, Seba was just having a monster year, um, and it only got bigger and bigger in the years to come. And I remember just even walking around the streets of Toronto, like you'd see people with TFC gear on, like wearing hats and scarves and shirts. And, like, I, again, you mentioned I came from the Red Bulls. Like, and no no disrespect, but, like, you lived in New York my whole life. It would be, it was like you kind of like seeing, like, a unicorn in the wild. You see someone with the Red Bulls. Oh, you're, you're one of us, yeah. an MLS fan. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's what really caught my eye about, about Toronto is that it, it really, it was kind of just burgeoning as like the soccer crazy hub. Um, and it, it was, it was something I wanted to be a part of. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really lucky that for the last seven years, I was able to do that. Unbelievable. Your first game was that goal. <sighs> pretty, uh, pretty crossed expectations for the rest of, the, of my time there. Yeah. Oh uh, man. Mm-hmm. Like for, for us, a long time TSC fans who had to see all this dreck before that. Were you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> remember, always remember the first game. We'll never talk about the last game. <laughs> um, Eric, any question I want to ask you is going to break your NDA. So let me just just give me just give me like five minutes, you know, to thank you, because honestly, like you didn't have to put up with, you know, dicks like me as long as as you know, and and you and you did it with style and grace and panache. Um, It hasn't been easy. COVID hit the MLS teams really, really hard. And you kept us in touch with the Reds that we love. And we're going to miss you, man. We're going to miss you a lot. So uh, um, what are my Thank bullshit you. questions? Oh, what's the thing you're going to miss the most about Toronto? <laughs> wow. About, well, first of all, again, thank you. And, and, and let, let me just say this as well. Um, you know, seven years is, you know, it's, it's, it's a long time to be doing any one thing. And, you know, I think it's, it's as good as any time for, for someone else to kind of take the keys and, and run with it in their own vision. But um, I always said that if I was going to get into a position like this, that I would remember what it was like just to be a diehard fan. Cause I mean, that's, it's the reason I'm in this in the first place, right? It's like, I, I was that guy that just wanted, I like, was just hungry for any kind of information, any kind of discourse that was out there. And I always said that I would never, I'd never forget what that was like as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I would try to, if I had the position to do so, you know, kind of give back to that community and, and, and hand up, God knows I, I didn't always get it right. I didn't always, you know, uh, engage in the, in, in the best ways, but it, it, it came from a place of, really wanting to bring the community closer. Um, you know, sometimes it got me into hot water within those walls. And, you know, again, <laughs> I, I wasn't, you know, maybe I didn't always get it right, but it was it was from a place of really just trying to, you know, bring fans closer, especially during those COVID years when everything was, was so, yeah. you know, behind closed doors and we were living in Hartford and we were living in Orlando. And, you know, those were some really, t- personally really tough times, right? Living out of a suitcase, sure. families back here in Toronto, um, you know, getting tested every day. Like, I can't even tell you how many swabs I've had over the years. But... <laughs> It, it honestly, like it's, it's been just the most incredible ride, but um, to come back to your question, the thing I'm going to miss most about Toronto, pff, that's tough. Uh, 
Certainly not the streetcars of the TTC. I'm definitely not. <laughs> wow. No, no disrespect, yeah. man. You no are preach. just press right. You are Preach. literally just press right now. You are. And the new streetcars make no sense. They they make about as much sense as this Ibera deal. Like we got rid of standing room only for like Boeing airplanes. Listen, like I've been one little transverse row. The Eglinton mm -hmm. Crosstown has been promised to me for so goddamn long, and here I sit and look at construction every single day. It, it will have come. I will have come and gone to, to Canada. Without this damn thing being done, so. it's not going to be built in our lifetimes. I hope you realize <laughs> that. Like, and Queen Street West, it was nice to know you. Queen and Queen and Young between yeah. the day it was nice to know you. Our children's <laughs> children will still be looking at that eyesore, waiting for the five hundred one to go uh, probably all the way through and paying for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, no, but but in, in all seriousness, like there's there's so much about Toronto that I'm going to miss. Like this is, I just I consider this home now. Like I I never would have Amazing. imagined that ten years ago. But like Toronto is where I've had a lot of life milestones and um yeah it, it means an awful lot to me i'm gonna miss the people like i I'm, i already miss going to the trading ground and you know seeing all the co-workers that i call friends and you know mm -hmm. being being in and around the city is is such an incredible especially now in the summer like you, you kind of toil through the crappy winter months that seems to last for mm -hmm. eight months but um mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna miss this place i'm here for another couple months luckily so i'll nice. uh, be able to kind of soak it up without the constraints of the tfc schedule but yeah toronto toronto's a special place i'm gonna tell you guys that yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, man, I, I don't have anything nice to to say about Eric, but let me let me just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This became a rope. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just shout out the the rest of the shows media team that's going to be you know picking up some of the slack and the, the void that's going to be left by Eric. Obviously, shout out Brooklyn, shout out Andy, Eric. Anyone else in particular you want to give up. some love to? Yeah, yeah, I learned that her name is Brooklyn. That's only ever been Brooklyn. Yeah, me, so there she, you go. She, Brooke, because if she say you say Brooklyn, she feels like she's getting yelled at. So <laughs> that's I, was that's I learned very early on before I submitted her credentials. But um, no, I mean Erica Dreyer, Matt Tierney, Danny Patterson, um, you know, Gabriella Cook. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna if, if I keep going down the list, I'm gonna forget somebody. But there's there are that's that's the point I, I wanted to make is that there's there are a lot of people that that come together to you know, to bring our content to life. And, you know, I, I was very, obviously very front facing. Some people like to, you know, stay more in the shadows and, and fair enough. It's not getting, uh, getting hounded by fans isn't for everyone. And, you know, sometimes I wish I was a little <laughs> more anonymous, but uh, no, it's, uh, it, it, it really does. It, it takes a lot of people to, uh, to bring it all to life. And, and I, you know, I have every faith that, you know, that those, those guys are going to continue to kill it in my absence. And, you know, for me, I'm just going to continue to watch from afar as a fan and, you know, keep pulling for three points at BMO. That's it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome, man. Um, one thing I really want to ask, and, and I know, Mike, you have some more things to ask, but I really wanted to ask this Sorry. one. Oh, I'm right out of the equation now. I just don't get Well, it. no, I, I know. You, I know you guys have to ask okay. it, so I'm just saying because mm -hmm. Mike didn't write it right, down, right. but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and I just blew up his spot. Uh, <laughs> but you going, the, the Lorenzo signing, um, just in terms of like, look, we're not going to go into the the whole whether you think not, doesn't matter. You got to film some really, really neat content, um, both here and obviously in Naples itself. What was that like? You know, especially having to try to keep a lot of that under wraps for a long period of time. Yeah, that that was incredible. I mean, other than you know winning the treble my first year, which got me very, very spoiled. Like I'd say that you know that that process has probably got to be the high point of, of my time at TFC, just because it was such a big undertaking. And again, it was kind of pie in the sky, like when you, you first get news of this incredible signing, I just pitched like, Hey, like if we're going to, we're going to be shelling out this much money for this guy, like, why don't we really go for it? Like, let's really go all out and, uh, 
what if we what if we made a documentary on this guy and kind of explain who is Lorenzo Insigne to you know the average fan in Toronto that you know maybe is kind of familiar with world football but not necessarily that plugged in. Um, so that was really just the the impetus behind the the, the pitch and. You know, luckily, I, you know, they, they kind of put their faith in me to the powers that people put their faith in me to to run with it. And um, it was such an incredible experience. I mean, I got to go to Italy twice to, you know, meet with Lorenzo, kind of get a vibe for what what Napoli is like. What does he mean to that community? What is he going to bring to Toronto? Um, yeah, I, just truthfully, one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I, I learned a ton. You know, a production of that scale was was kind of not in my wheelhouse. It was something I was dealing with for the first time. And um, luckily, again, I had an incredible crew around me. Uh, you know, producers, shooters that, you know, made, made the job so much fun. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope, I hope it resonated. I hope it ended up, you know, sure bringing did. people closer to the club. I mean, yeah, it's seeing, seeing that air on TSN was kind of a, a big pinch me moment. Like, wow, this is really happening. So um, definitely, definitely a highlight of my time at the club for sure. Yeah, no, it was beautiful Beauty. work. Like, like even just like you saying, like the shooters you brought out there, like the pictures that the stills that were from it um, were incredible, right? Like, uh, obviously at the wall with Maradona, like that was, that was nuts. That was, that was like, it's obviously an iconic thing. A lot of people in football know about and, and seen pictures of it, but like to see like TFC involved in that space um, was really neat to see. Yeah, no, it, it was incredible. Like even like going there and you 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 know Maradona's a god there, right? Like, but to see it, like you literally cannot walk 15 feet without some kind of iconography, some shop with a his picture in the window or selling a little figurine. Like it is beyond comprehension that this guy is just like literally next to the Pope. Like it's it's something I can't even explain. Yeah. Okay. So a follow-up is how many Maradona uh tchotchkes did you bring home with you and are they all over your house but funny mm -hmm. enough we so that you know there's these little shops that kind of paint these little figurines we went into like basically every single one that we could find and bought everybody out of their stock of lorenzo insignia figurines and like that, was our, little, that was our gift to amazing staff back home so we basically cleared their cleared the house of lorenzo <laughs> nice. insignia 24 yeah, it's not like you can bring back proper Neapolitan pizza. That's not happening. So doesn't, you kept that doesn't travel. Here, so. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's my two questions. Uh, one, do we get to find out where your burner account was now, or do we have to guess? <laughs> Hand to God, I, I can I can honestly say never once. Mm -hmm. You you'll you'll catch me on Maine saying some stupid shit as it is. You don't you don't need. To yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't believe you. And two. Um, I think I might have asked you this the first time you were on, but I don't remember. And my other questions were from airplane. Like, do you like movies about gladiators? So uh, favorite kit, TFC kit of all time. Of all time or my time with the club? Let's do both. Oof, that's tough. I mean. This year's? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Very polarizing. Careful. <laughs> and. If, if you if you want a little bit of the peek behind the curtain, I'll give you this this little morsel. I mean, I I I wasn't involved in the creation of the kit, obviously, at all whatsoever. You know, my my flag was like, is it red enough? Like, how are we going to market this? We're called the Reds. Um, but I will say, I think when it came together on the pitch, it looked a lot better than the render. Which obviously, the first leak that came out, which leaks was the year, kids was like, kit was, in a byway. It was, it was yeah, Vaughn. Like, of course, it's mm -hmm. gonna look like shit. Like, it's you have to wait for the full ensemble. Like, and especially in those winter months when the guys are wearing like the full red underarms and like the whole ensemble. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it looks super sharp. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm personally, I'm very partial to, to the 2017 kit. I think just it's associated with such great memories. Like, it's a treble winning kit. It's got, you know, it's got the clean red with the, with the onyx shoulders, like so it's slick. Just, yeah. I, a nice little star in 2018. Like it's, 
it, it just brings back such incredible memories. So I think like for me, that's, that's the one that just will, will last long. When I think of TFC, like that's the kid that I think of. Awesome. Awesome. Fair, awesome. I think that's fair. What's uh, what's these past couple of years been like, Eric, obviously, well, you, you touched on the Insigne stuff, but then the club not reaching the heights that obviously we we expect as as fans, as people who cover the team, as as the team itself expects. What's it been like for you having to endure some of the, let's just call it impatience from from fans? Yeah, listen, and I, I've always taken that with a grain of salt. Like I, I am not one to take it personally when you know when when fans are impatient, inventing like you know. I, Truthfully, from a, from a metrics perspective, I'd rather you be yelling underneath our full time graphic than than anything else, right? Like, I you know have the conversation, like vent out your frustrations. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 been a roller coaster. Like, I got I got very spoiled coming in in a trouble year. Like, I kind of just jumped onto a rocket ship and off we went. And it was like, hey, times are always going to be this good, right? Wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it it kind of it it helped me put into perspective, like if, as I look back over these seven years of like what it took to be at that level. Um, I don't think 2017 happens if we don't lose out on penalties in 2016. Like 100%. Uh, I, 100%. I, I had been around locker rooms enough at that point to kind of know that there was something special there. Like there was just such a a motivated group, like the way that they just attacked training every day. Like it was just such a, a, a complete unit. Like you looked at the construction of like MLS veterans throughout the team. You had your beta shores, your Moros, and then you had your obviously Seba and, you know, a Tam player in Victor who was playing out of his mind. Like it just, you had this entire construction of a roster that um, that was so complete and the depth of that team, like I could go on for, for, for hours, but that, that team was super special. And then, you know, 2018 looked to be shaping up to be, you know, another special year. And we went on, we put all of our baskets into the CONCACAF champions league run and God damn it. We were so damn close. Like that's so close. That's probably like the, the worst feeling I think I've ever okay, I was about to ask about Getting, that night in Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask about Guadalajara. I didn't want to dredge it up. No, but I wanted it's, to ask about Guadalajara. it's inevitable, man. Like it, it, yeah. that was, uh, that's honestly, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but that run is like up there as one of the highest of highs as well. I mean, just, you know, going down to those hostile environments, like look at the game we went, we went through, like playing Colorado, people forget like the coldest game ever recorded, yeah. like crazy, yeah. crazy game. We end up getting a two nil win there. Then you got to go and play Tigris, like the best team in North America. At El you got to go to the Azteca, play Club America, and then you got to play Chivas, like and again, like legendary club of of, of Mexican football. So that mm-hmm. gamut, like if if we could have just finished it off, like it would have just cemented the legacy of that team and, and what they were able to do. But God, they, they threw everything into that, like the the injuries, like people forget, like we had was it yeah. Greg Vanderweel and Michael Bradley as a center back pairing starting that game. So, mm-hmm. It was, it was just, I think the guys had just run out of gas for everything they put into it. And God, tweeting out that final score graphic, it's it's a kind of an open air press box and you're just yeah. in the stands. And I'm literally like, I can't even hit send because I'm just covered in beer from fans celebrating. I'm like, I'm like, right, right. Beers, like just fucking end my pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that oh, was, man, that was yeah. a tough one to finish off. But, but can I ask, because yeah. like I, one of the most iconic, like obviously everybody talks about the Josie goal in the, in the final and that's obviously an iconic moment. To me, the most like one of the most iconic moments in club history is Seba's free kick and El Volcan. Um, oh, to amazing. essentially Ridiculous. settle the tie, right? And yeah. and and in that in that picture of Jonathan Osorio, like oh yeah, the like, uh, that, that is, is one of the greatest moments. Like how yeah. how what were you? What were your vibes like? Were you on ten on that? Because you must have been. Yeah, like, I mean, being there. First of all, that that atmosphere, like holy crap, like that is an atmosphere. Like you get you get into the stadium and like 
I felt like a pit in my stomach. I was like, I was shit. I'm intimidated. Like this, this is like a hostile environment. Like I went out there before the players and like, I'm getting booed like crazy. Like it's, it's, like, it's like a crazy, crazy environment to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like music, 90 minutes chanting, like nonstop. Um, and when he like, listen, Seb on his day, like he, he literally could just win you games. And he just said like, yep. we're not losing today. I remember talking to Josie after the game. He's like, that's what he told. Me. He's like, we're not losing today. It's like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's do this thing. Like, him putting that in there, I was sitting up in like a, we had our own. They didn't want us in the press box with everyone, so it was like kind of TFC staff. And I was sitting next to Bez, and like we just lost our minds. Like, did that <laughs> uh, amazing? One, one of amazing. one of the most amazing goals. Like that to me is is up there with my one of my favorite TFC goals outside of a, a cup final. But also um, his goal against Montreal Canadian Championship. Team yeah, Edwards squares ridiculous. Like. Yeah. Yes, like MLS Cup was an amazing night, and I won't take anything away from that, but that stadium was so full. The rivalry was still just, like, really bubbling up from what had just happened in 2016. Um, I think Bernier got sent off in that game. Like, there was there was mm-hmm. competition, and then, like, at the end, to just win it at the death in front. Like, I can still hear the roar of the South End, and, like, everybody running over to the South End. Like, there's some incredible photos of guys just losing their minds. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm getting goosebumps now because, because like the, the unity yeah. of that club and the way that the, the connection with the fans and I, I'll still say this and call me a homer like BMO on its day, there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. Like the, I, I, it makes me emotional talking about it because it's it's just such mm-hmm. an incredible place to be and it's I think it's what kept me coming back to the club for as long as I have. Like I just I loved being around that environment and those are the moments that like I will carry with me for the rest of my life and um, that goal in particular, I, and it just it's it sits with me as like a holy shit moment. Like this club is something special. Yeah. You're doing it again, man. You're making us love TFC unconditionally. This is I'm a romantic. So good at this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's football. That's that's how football should be, right? Yeah. Football mm. should be mm. a, a bit romantic in terms of your fandom, right? Like, and it, it is for me. Like, that's why you know I go on a rant. It's not just to do it. It's because well, and um, it's I do care, care, right? Like, I, I get it. And like, mm. and if I can just interject, like, I yeah, I know some 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 people were having to go at you, like, to call you a plastic fan. Obviously, is just is a joke. Like, I I, I understand, like people are going to have their opinions and people are going to get heated. And like, and again, I would expect that it's a tough time for the club. People have their own opinions of what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. Um, but I, the last thing you can do is, is, you know, question the commitment of, of, of this crew for sure. I mean, clearly there's, there's a, a passionate fan base out there that wants the best for this club. And, you know, we might disagree on how we best go forward, but um, it, it all comes from a place of just wanting to see this club get back to where we know it can be. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, you know, it's funny you talk about that goal that night. I, I think I might have steamrolled you a little bit because I was running into that dog pile um, from 116. Uh, it, was, it was a great night. Um, Shem almost threw me out, but that, that's okay. <laughs> um, But anyway, um, look, uh, Eric, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have any other questions. Um, but no, I, I'm going to start crying like, soon. I'm just barely holding. Yeah, I know. We're trying to hang so on here. Yeah, yeah. Misty eyed and stuff. Uh, Mike, you got anything <laughs> just- for us? I just, just, I'd love to give Eric just a platform. Final thoughts for you, parting uh, words to TFC fans. I know that you've already sent out a tweet, but tweet says we know. <laughs> Let me preface: you can come back whenever you want. This yeah. isn't like goodbye this forever. No, I, I, I you have the conch. No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it, truthfully, it's, it's, it's been emotional, and you know, you dunk on me if you want. I mean, I it, this, this club just means a lot to me, and it's, it's really, really bittersweet to be leaving. Like I. You know, it's it's a good opportunity, and I'll, I'll in due time I'll divulge what what my next steps are. And uh, but I I am heading back to New York at the you know at the end of the summer. But um, no, it's 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 been an incredible ride. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. This this club, this city mean 
the world to me. Um, and it's, I didn't know what I was expecting coming to Toronto. I, you know, didn't really know a ton of people. I, you know, it was just really my wife and I, and we said, yeah, we'll figure it out. And, and we have, and then some, um, Toronto's a really special place. Like it's, it's a special place that I'm going to hold in my heart for the rest of my life. Um, you know, it, it only ended up being about six and a half, seven years, but, um, this is a place that I, hopefully I'll continue to come back to. I'll hopefully get back to BMO as a fan and just sit back and enjoy a game for once and not have to worry about executing a run of show. Beers are on me, buddy. Beers oh, are well, well, as long as you don't go Lux and Deluxe, because I'm not, a, I'm not <laughs> generationally wealthy, but you know, I'll one beer is on me. That still keeps me my 30%. Off. Nice, nice, hey. nice, nice. No, nice. Jed, like genuinely like, like, thank you. First of all, thank you guys again for, for having me on. It, it's, it's, uh, it's great that we can kind of debrief after, uh, after a good run. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would just say, just stick, stick with this club. I, I know, I know times are tough right now and I, I, I get that it's not where any of us want it to be again, within those walls, there's a lot of frustration, but there's also a lot of really good people that want the best for this club that are pushing to do the best for this club. And it's, it's not always easy. We don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm just a social guy. I'm a very, very small piece in, in the cog of the, of the machine. So, um, but listen, at the end of the day, we all want what's best for this club. And, you know, I, I know they're going to get it right. And then it's going to be all the, all that much sweeter when we're back on top. Well said. Praise be. Well all said. right. Um, Praise be. You testify. And please tell your successor that I'm not meaning to be, and to be nice to me. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. You're going to have to like give them a dictionary. No lineup tweets. Again. No lineup tweets. Yeah. Yeah. No more lineup <laughs> tweets. You don't have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with that shit anymore. I'm so um, old. And now the lineup tweet goes right to Apple TV. And when I try to zoom the picture, it's right. just, it's a And disaster. I know you all yeah. hate it. And that's why I doubled down on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk that shit. Talk yeah. that shit before you go. Uh, all right. Exactly. Uh, Eric Giacometti, everybody. Thank you again so much. Take about service buddy. to the club. Um, obviously, good luck in your next steps. We'll be talking with you anyway yeah, please over the next bit, bit, so don't worry about that. Um, but uh, you, uh, as Jeff said, welcome anytime on the show. Obviously, wherever you end up uh, end up landing Especially up. Especially when your NDA up. expires. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna... Well, the tell-all book comes <laughs> That's up. That's when I get to reveal book. the state secrets, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. You know where the bodies are buried. Yeah, exactly. don't worry. Don't worry. You, you, you don't want that MLSE uh, NDA on you, man. Um, all right, buddy. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, Thanks for coming out. We really Cheers, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Genuinely. Cheers. Bye-bye. Uh, that was Eric Giacometti, um, now former uh, social media manager of TFC. It, and look, it was good to have the good vibes because, like, look, it was so good. Yeah, because like we do, you do remember that you know when this run when he joined the club, you know, as he said, his first game was like one of the most remarkable sort of landmark moments in the club's history. Right, there was a time where it was really dark before that, um, and and to just remember that when that moment happened, how much of that lifted off people's shoulders, off my shoulders. I remember that night I was there. So, you know, from that perspective, um, it is good to remind ourselves, even somebody who's been around for a long time, right. That, that good days do come back and when they do, it makes it worth it to stick around through all the crap. Mm -hmm. Look at Cincy. They were hopeless. Now they're supporter shield leaders. One of the beauties of the beautiful game uh, especially as espoused by MLS's quest for parity, whatever that means, is that this sort of stuff can happen all the time. So you're not, you're, it's not over until the fat lady sings. 
And in this allegory, I think the fat lady is Don Garber. I don't know. <laughs> Help me out, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, yeah, no more fat lady. Okay, nobody's singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's singing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, That's guys. 2017, get... 2018 talk really got to you guys, eh? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, look, look, yeah, obviously, yeah. But I mean, like, to me, <laughs> the Champions League run, um, th- that Champions League run actually, to me, is almost magic. As, as magical, if not more magical, yeah. than they've run to the cup, right? Like, I think like he said, the, the, the gauntlet that they had to go through. Yeah. All right. Colorado was probably the easiest push of the, of the four, but I mean, then you have to go to Tigres who were at that time, arguably the best team in North America. Then you got to go to club America and go play them and the Azteca and then go down there and get the result you need to get. And literally if Alex Bono stays on his line, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. right. Maybe. Or Marky, Marky buries that sitter. Yeah, I've, I've forgiven Marky. That was a really, when you look back at it, it actually was a pretty tough chance to take. Um, Jeff's boy, Marky. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, Jeff, Jeff's boy, Marky. <laughs> Mark, by the way, he's now. Yeah, I was waiting, um, I was waiting for you two to jump on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, like you maybe you know if if just a couple of things go right in that final, um, you you win a quad, right? And and you've and you've got. And you've you're you're the team that goes to the Club World Cup, and you know, yeah, I stay sometimes. I think about it, and it keeps you awake at night at, at odd moments. Mm-hmm. But one hundred percent, you know, it's good to remember those times because you know, it, again, like I said, if they can get this right, if they can figure out what the next step is, whether you agree it's it's getting rid of Bill Manning or or going or keeping him, and he's got to go a different direction, whatever that looks like, there's mm-hmm. an opportunity to get back. Um, it just won't be this season. Yep. Um, it might be a little Yeah, while. it just won't be this season. All right, let's jump into the burning question and round this thing off, guys. Yeah. All right, the burning question presented by Nextdoor, the neighborhood network and official community app of Toronto FC. Nearly one in five GTA households use Nextdoor to connect with neighbors, local businesses, and groups nearby. Like Nextdoor's Toronto FC fan group, where you can find our burning question posted each week the day before we post it on our socials. So download Nextdoor um, uh, on Google Play or at nextdoor.ca. Um, and our burning question this week, uh, with the summer transfer window open, what position should TFC look to upgrade. We talked about the transfer window a little earlier in the show. Obviously, we talked about Franco Franco Ibarra coming in. A couple of comments here uh, from the from the TTID community. Uh, John on the Nextdoor group just says, hard question, should start with defending. Uh, can't depend on the Italians all the time. Uh, you got to look for another goalkeeper to help. Now, that might have been in the context of looking at how Greg Radjitsing went over his hope time so. as the starter. Um, we're going to get one back pretty soon once the Americans win the Gold Cup because that's most likely happening. And I thought um, Romero looked pretty good out there, just to interject. Yeah, I thought I, mean, I, I know they're talking again, about it in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that the positives have, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the positives of Saturday. Um, and, and look, yes, it's another loss. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty solid as, as the goalkeeper. And I think his time also um, with El Salvador kind of helps with that as well because he got some games Agreed. in. Uh, before uh, Andre on Twitter just says striker number one, attacking midfielder number two, and team president number three. There is a common theme here that is coming. Um, mm. 
uh, Lee just says striker, except there's no money. Given that, I think progress uh, would be achieved by declare uh, by declaring Manning's big splash unlikely to succeed and parting ways with him and both DPs um, who don't look like they're able to be productive leaders um, that management might have envisioned they would be. Um, so, Jeff, this is down your line as well. And uh, Nathan, uh, rounding it off on Twitter as well, says, I don't think we should be signing any new players right now. It only makes our wage bill that much harder to navigate next season. I think the playoffs this season are a tough ask. We should be trying to focus on getting things straightened out in management first. So, gentlemen, we were kind of on this track uh, before Eric came on. But in terms of, you know, where did this window go? What are your thoughts, Jeff? Uh, you're chopping at the bit to go. I agree with the Lees and the Nathans of the world, but we still got how many games? 11, thir- 12, 13 MLS games plus Leagues Cup to play. 12, so, yeah. yeah, so spending nothing, I don't, you know, because the fact of the matter is, is that we were lamenting putting the kids out there in throwing them into the lion's den with no hope of winning last season. So it's a little disingenuous. Regardless, this, the context has changed for us to be suggesting doing the same this season because you know we can't forfeit the season as much as we'd like to so we do have to feel the team for you know leagues cup whatever it's maybe two games and done but we've still got those mls games to consider um i can't believe i haven't come to this yet because i'm screaming it from the mountaintops all over in my wtr column and on twitter today i know it's not feasible but damn do i want tfc to sign that name brand number nine just to quiet everybody that says that that's the missing piece that will unlock this team's potential. Because I don't believe it for a second. But I think doing it and realizing that it's not going to work will finally unify this fan base uh, behind the idea that there is no saving this. Um, Because it's only my opinion, and it may be wrong, but I honestly think it needs to happen. And I realize that there is no number nine that's going to satisfy everybody, so it's already a fool's errand. But just for shiggles, let's sign a number nine. You know, let's sign Erling Highland's brother, you know, who's who I hear is good. You know, or 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 like seriously, because it I'm so I'm getting so tired of the coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, if only we had this, then Insigne and, and Bernadeschi would be uh Bernadeschi would be amazing. If only this, then that, if only this, then this, and blah 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 blah. I just want the madness to stop. So to me, yeah, sign that number nine. At the very least, you know, when we when we when we do a fire sale for every other player, we can build around this, this number nine. Yeah. I don't think, I actually think signing a number nine would definitely help this group. Um, I also don't think we've seen really what this team is. If that makes sense. Like this last month, month and a half has been a shell of this, what this team is supposed to be just because of the amount of bodies and the amount of names that are missing. So that's a problem in itself. Like you need to, to find a way to get guys just available. Um, if that means you're not signing the right guys, maybe that's the answer. Um, if that means you need to sign younger players, maybe that's the answer. But regardless, that needs to be priority. Number one is ensuring that the guys that you do end up paying money for, you guys you do end up signing, are guys who are actually going to be available for this team. Um, so I actually, Jeff, like, call me great, but, like, sign a number nine and get all of a sudden start getting bodies back. And I do think this team is actually a lot closer than maybe it feels like right now just because of what what, what this group has kind of endured this, this 
I guess, season as a whole. Um, mm. But there, it's been a lot of a lot of factors going against them. That said, I think right now, I, I think that their objective this summer window should. I'm not. I'm not saying this is what they will do, but their objective this summer window should be creating assets for this team. Mm-hmm. And then I said it two shows ago. Begging um, a Saudi Arabian club to take a chance on Lorenzo Insigne would be not even that word. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't know, maybe maybe there is a world in which next season, based on what they've seen this year, that they can find ways to get more production out of the Italians. Maybe the rest of the year they can find ways to get more production out of the Italians. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they signed Franco Ibarra, was just to see how that type of profile will fit alongside guys with the, like the Italians. Maybe that's what they need to sort of start to unlock them. But I, I think they're the best route forward for this team is training guys away for quite frankly, just cap space next season. Yeah. Just cap space assets to kind of rebuild this roster. Um, if you look at the, their roster, there's not a ton of expiring contracts. There's not a ton of money coming off the books. So it's not like yeah. all of a sudden the winter comes and this team's in a really great position to do some of the things that they couldn't do this summer. No, like they're still in a pretty tight salary cap uh, position just because of the the term that they signed um, some of these yields to. And, and the last thing, obviously, the biggest priority for this team before they can do any of that is they got to appoint their next head coach. Mm-hmm. Listen, love Terry, and I honestly wouldn't be pissed if he got the job, even though the results haven't been great with this team, because I know that the team actually backs him, and I know the team really does want to play for Terry. Um, But I don't know if if Terry's going to be the solution uh, as Hmm. the next head coach of Toronto FC. So I think they need to figure out exactly who that is. Um, And they are Giacometti. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he's leaving. Um, no, I, I think they are getting closer to the end of that process. As Bill Manning kind of laid out a few weeks back, Terry was going to get four games. He's gone three games. So after this game, the hope is that TSC have uh, come close to finalizing that decision in terms of who their next head coach will be because that obviously plays a huge role in kind of what the club does moving forward this transfer window. Yeah, and I wonder if that's an internal MLS hire again, right? A little easier to sort of think about the guys who don't have jobs. Somebody floated Caleb Porter to me this weekend. No, thank um, you. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Jeff, but not out of the realm of possibility, right? Do you, do you if the if if the DPs didn't respect Bob Bradley, who's coached internationally? And has been okay, know, but say what you will then, about his successes or failures. But if, as coached in Europe, they're gonna listen to Caleb Porter. I just I don't see it. But happening. then who are they gonna listen to, Jeff? Yeah, that your your guess is as good as mine. Well, That's I why mean, I think you hire Berna's dad to be the next coach if well, you're insisting on. Yeah, but if you think about it, right? Like all the people that have gone out and said, "Oh, you need to get a big European coach to that they'll respect." Well, the guys you wanted, like Andrea Pirlo, can't have gone. Yeah, they're well, gone, gone, and we they're, can't they're, afford. They're, they're already yeah. booked, right? Like even uh, the Patrick Vieira got floated again, but he's now gone. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, you know, uh, even somebody floated says Fabregas. I think you did, Jeff. Like, says Fabregas is going to coach uh, Como's U16s and be their assistant sort of senior academy coach. Like, th- the guys that you think you'd want sort of high profile managers, they're not available mm-hmm. um, and they're not coming to TFC right now. 
So I, I really do think that it's going to be somebody that's a little bit more, like you said, Mike, last week, a little bit, maybe not under the radar, but necessarily not exactly a sexy name that everybody kind of knows offhand, if that makes sense. Start mm-hmm. looking at some really good assistants. Yeah, that yeah, that's what Danny best. is saying in the chat. Um, please don't be, be Marco Santos. Advice. Please, please don't be Marco Santos. If I can ask the soccer gods one for one gift for one, <laughs> please don't be Marco Santos. Anyway, yeah. All right, so we're going to be looking at all the assistant coaches in MLS and trying to parse out who's the next one uh, to be a head coach. Everybody, start your research, um, and just and I'll leave on this. Mike uh, at Luca uh, on Twitter agrees with you, right? Like obviously, striker. I think he thinks it's the biggest uh, priority, but he also thinks they need to sell more than they sign. Um, and I and we're going to get rinsed on these sales. Well, we're yeah, not making I mean, money on these that's, sales. That's what you're, whether it's now or in the winter, you're getting rinsed anyway, you're, right? You're like, getting there's rinsed. a lot of guys you can't move off of. Like Io Akinola, I don't you know, can't. has any trade value no. outside of his, that he's kind of on young money and maybe it's a cheap flyer. That I don't think, I don't, I don't think that matters. I, I, I agree with you, but but it is MLS. I could see it happening. Yeah, yeah I can see it happening. I you get no, you get right. you get very little back in terms mm-hmm. of okay, you'll get some allocation money, but um, if that, you know, I mm-hmm. sorry, Mike, but it said if that like you're not going to get yeah. allocation money, you're going to get like the league minimum for IO, and you're probably going to have to eat the majority of his salary. Yeah, yeah. This is even the right now, IO Akinola at two hundred thousand is still not exactly an asset. Right. But like, nope. even then, like, even if you can get that off the books in terms of the actual cap hit, um, that's you know, where we have to be next looking season, that's, that's the win, yeah. right? That's, that's the yeah. win. It's not that's necessarily getting gambled. We have the space for another body. Back. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So I, I think it's that's where interrupt. you kind of go. And, and this is where I think but it's 200,000. Sort of, it's like, again, barely anything, but yeah, no, I, I, I get, I, but I, you're going to need it all. Gonna, right? like, but are they, is, is the board going to eat 700,000 a season in order to, get a 200,000 cap. But you're not paying all in seven. If you send him somewhere else, you're not paying all of it. You'll pay some, you know, but you're not paying 100% of his salary to go somewhere Again, else. we're speaking like in pay, fantasy because you may have I to pay think, like I 70 think, or 60%. I yeah, think sure. the reality is that no one takes him. And if we want to be rid of him, we have to start thinking about the massive losses that we're going to have to incur. And, 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 and Akinola is not, unfortunately, he's just one on a very long list. Um, you know, no one's going for Adama Diamande. No, that's no, another he's, one. he's just no one, contract's going to be done. No one's going right? like, for CJ Sapong. Thank God he's, what? what is he on, a one-year deal or a two-year deal? Do we have him this season and next or just this year? I was signed under 20. Under no, no, CJ, CJ. Oh, CJ's a free agent after this year. But CJ, okay, so, Nashville's, yeah. Nashville's already carrying most of his cap hit, so it's not freeing up money for us. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I mean, like, in the end yeah. of the day, I, I, I mean, right now the players that have value where you can actually get some usable – you know, gam money back is maybe it's Matt Hedges, but even now he's injured. So what, what that, like that diminishes the value already. It's probably Sean Johnson and. Oh, it's absolutely it, Sean Johnson. It's Sean Johnson is probably giving you, and you probably can still get some value for Mac nowhere near what you paid for him, but you probably have some yeah. value. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, Definitely. and then if you even entertain, yeah, no, I'm not even going there. If this team um, sells Coelho, there'll be a riot on the streets. Well, no, so, I mean, well, it would yeah. be Jaquiel. Jaquiel's the other player right now that has any kind of sort of real value to teams, but I, you're not doing that in your league. You'd have to sell them somewhere and, and get them. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that, yeah. that, and that's it, really, realistically. Maybe DeAndre in the league, maybe DeAndre Kerr has some value, but I Definitely. think that's a player you want to hang Definitely. on. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. and we're forgetting about He's Kobe as well, but we'd be, 
we'd be foolish if we if we don't hang on to Kobe for what he's doing. Roster oh yeah, yeah, no, Kobe, Kobe's, yeah, the, I, yeah, he's building some value, but I don't think he has that. Kind exactly of what yet. we're saying right now is what Bob Bradley mm-hmm. ended up having to do last year was sell all the good, promising young kids and be like, uh, like us here, we're like, oh no, there's no way they can sell Kobe Franklin, but. Bob yep, Bradley yep. turned around and he turned around sold and sold the, Jacob Schaffelberg. Yeah, exactly. The Jacob exactly. Schaffelbergs, the Luca Petrasos, the guys that were young and promising for the team because he, even Jaden Nelson, but Jaden Nelson wanted to go, but because those were the guys who had value in the league, right? There's, there's no they one really on Francisco has, They don't have uh, Franco, but yeah, they don't have great yeah. value. What did I call him? All in, he's Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna make him love the club more. Everybody, <laughs> his name's that. Kevin. His name's Kevin. All right. Yeah. So anyway, um, some uh, this will be interesting. This will be an interesting. It's gonna be very different than last year's summer window where everybody's like, "Oh my god, we're gonna sign everybody. This is gonna be amazing." It's a very, very different window this time around. It's gonna be. It's gonna we're be selling everybody. Some, it's amazing. Well, it's selling everybody <laughs> slash maybe some bargain basement hunting, um, and and Truth. maybe getting an assistant coach somewhere from I don't know San Jose or something. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, let's wrap up the show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We will be back next Monday evening recapping Toronto's away day in the Windy City, which I will be at. So I will be in Chicago Congratulations. Uh, this weekend uh, checking out the away game. It's either going to be a well, it will be a lot of fun. I'm going to make it fun. I don't know if the team will help me make it fun, but we'll see. Um, so What's we'll the deep be... dish place you should go to? Uh, Lou, uh, Lou, uh, Lou. I hate Lou. deep dish. I'm not a deep dish guy. No, Gio I'll send you. Yeah. I'll send you. You're gonna send me all the deep dish places. Yeah, because yeah, you better no, go. No, no, you no, better for deep food. Dish, not deep dish. <laughs> for the sake yeah, of I food quarter, I want a deep dish tape next next week. All right. Mike? Yeah. I, I, oh, all right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, I'll be in the Windy City and eating some gross pizza. Um, remember to check out the new Toronto Till I Die YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at TTID podcast. Uh, hit the bell for notifications um, and subscribe. It will help you. Just make sure you don't miss an episode, okay? Um, for Michael Singh, for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. Cheers, and we'll see you next week. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TMC till I die.